Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. For today's episode, we are going to be talking all about opt-ins. You may have heard these referred to as lead magnets, opt-ins, or even freebies or free products. And we are going to be talking all about them today with Vanessa Ryan. Vanessa is an opt-in strategist with a love for digital products and launching and making it all seem not so scary. Most importantly, she helps female entrepreneurs turn strangers into fast friends, future clients, and customers using opt-ins. People who know her and love her call her the opt-in queen because at this point she has helped over 10,000 entrepreneurs, that's an insane amount of people, with free templates and training that have helped them actually make more profit in their business. So we are going to be talking with her today all about why you need an opt-in, how to create the perfect one, and how to make it look really good and sell so that it converts more people into clients and customers for you. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Haley. I'm super pumped to be here. I'm so excited. Me too. I am super excited to get all of your insight talking about opt-ins today because I know that is something that we all really need to have and sometimes it's just a struggle to make them happen. So I'm super excited for you to share all of your wisdom with our listeners. Before we do that, can you tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got here and how you got into working for yourself and working with opt-ins and your whole story? Yeah, for sure. So um, if we take it all the way back to around uh, 2014, I, at that time, I was pregnant with uh, my little girl. She's my one and only. And I was working at a telemarketing job that was part-time. I was doing like these um, 
like research um, phone calls for this like wildlife firm. And I was making $11 an hour. Um, and I was pregnant and I just came to the realization one day sitting at that desk. I was like, I do not want to have to do this when my daughter is born because I don't want to miss out on those like first moments of her life and all of like the precious things that come with having like a child. I don't want to have to get a babysitter for like $11 an hour. Like that was so not worth it to me. So as I was still working at that job and as I was pregnant, I started like researching things like how to make money online. Um, I started actually blogging uh, for like $25 a blog. I was doing like all of these things at content mills, making like pennies literally or like a dollar for like answering questions that were then used on like Wikipedia. And so like I started out really, really small. And then I actually landed an online job for a company uh, for it's a spiritual spiritual education product. And I was making $10 an hour reaching out to different like private schools around the country. Um, and so that was super part time, but it's really what got me started. And then when I finally had my little girl um, in August of 2015, um, I just decided that I was not going back to work. I was not going to go make $11 an hour um, and miss like everything. And I didn't want to take her to a babysitter. So I started just sort of blogging. I started doing all the things that everyone says that you're supposed to do to make money online. So my big thing was, you know, I was writing blogs and making a little bit of money here and there. I was still working with an education company. And then I found Facebook groups. And I was like, wow, Facebook groups are fantastic. And all of a sudden, I started like getting clients for like logo design. And I taught myself logo design. I was using like PicMonkey um, to design logos for people, which was so weird because I'd never done any design work at all before. But I'd wound up in this Etsy group um, of people who had Etsy shops. And I just started working from there. So I taught myself a little bit of design using um, PicMonkey, which is a free software. Uh, I started to learn how to do WordPress design. I did blogger design. And then it just kind of started to go up from there. I went from doing just logos in PicMonkey to teaching myself Adobe Illustrator to actually learning the psychology behind branding and brand messaging, color psychology, and things like that. Then I just started charging more for <laughs> WordPress site design. Because I think for like a WordPress design and a logo, I was charging like $150, $200. So like really, really cheap. And then I just started to kind of like move up. I started learning things that I like to do. I kept just, you know, teaching myself. I'm a huge advocate for um, self-teaching and continuing to always learn. And I started charging more for my branding, for my web design. I started having retainer clients. And this is kind of where like, the special sauce came in with opt-ins and marketing. Uh, because I was actually um, in school and college for marketing. And I was studying social media marketing and like public speaking and like marketing psychology and all of these things. And I found what I really, really loved was working with clients on their email marketing and helping them get more customers and more clients by at the time, which I didn't really know what it was, was opt-in. So I would say, hey, you know, this would be something great that you could offer to people for free that are going to help you get more clients and more customers. So I found myself gravitating towards that type of work. And then I just got to a point where I was really burned out from client work. I was doing all the things. I was, you know, managing someone's Instagram. I was still doing branding, WordPress design, email marketing, PDF design, course design. And I just got burned out and like took a hiatus for like six months. I didn't blog anymore. I didn't do anything. And then that's kind of when it hit me when I was working with these retainer clients. I was like, hold on a second. I really love 
creating opt-ins. Like opt-in freebies, this is totally my jam. It's what I'm good at. Like I'm legit helping people like create more profit in their business with this stuff. So I came back like reborn, <laughs> I guess you would say, um, into opt-in marketing. And at the end of 2017, I launched my first product, which was the opt-in toolbox uh, for Canva, which was one of the first uh, set of Canva templates. Like people weren't doing Canva templates at the end of 2017. And it just all kind of started and blossomed from there. So once I had the opt-in templates so people could design their own, I just really started educating people on opt-ins, helping them brainstorm, launch an opt-in that helps them get you know, more profit in their business with clients and customers. And that's kind of where it all started. So it was like a mess from all of the things to finally finding like that, like diamond in the rough moment and then just running with it. I love that. I love that you went through so many different things to get to this point. Cause I feel like a lot of us go through sort of a similar experience where we didn't necessarily set out to do what we're doing now. It just sort of almost fell into our laps after a series of other things. So right. I, I love that you have a similar story in that you had to, you know, learn how to do all of these different things. And it ultimately led you to the thing that really grew your business and, and put you in this sort of niche area that not a lot of other people are doing because there's not a lot of other people that solely focus on designing and educating about opt-ins. And so I think you've really positioned yourself in a good place. And so it's just cool to hear how you got there. Well, thank you. And, it, and it's really scary. Um, I think niching down was literally the best thing that I ever did for my business. I went from making like, I mean, maybe 20 to $30,000 a year um, working with like so many clients. I'd work all nighters. I was completely burned out wasn't charging enough and then it just went to like last year alone like going from like that amount of money to like six figures just from focusing down and really like niching on one thing it was like the best thing I ever did but it was so scary I was so scared to be like hey I'm just gonna focus on opt-ins and most people are like well what the heck is an opt-in so <laughs> um it's great though <laughs> I love it and it is scary. It's always scary when you do anything big like that, where you're like, this might not work. And if it doesn't work, I'm a little bit screwed. And so right. kudos to you for, you know, taking that leap. And it obviously worked out really well for you. So that's awesome. And, and congrats. But I think, I think that was a great lead in for my first question to you, which is, can you just explain for anybody listening who may be confused when we say opt-in or isn't a hundred percent sure what we're talking about? Can you just kind of explain what the purpose of an opt-in is or, you know, they may hear it called a lead magnet or a freebie or something like that, but can you just explain its purpose? Yeah, for sure. So the main purpose of an opt-in that I always tell everyone is to help you get more of your dreamy clients and customers. So it should be really, really focused on whatever your end goal is. And so your opt-in should be something that's strategic that is ultimately going to help you get more of the work that you love, whether that be client work or if you're selling like an online course, a digital product. So whatever your opt-in freebie, your lead magnet, your content upgrade is, it should be something that ultimately helps you make money. So um, that's that's like the number one goal that I always tell people to focus on. Yeah. And I mean, we all want to make more money. So right. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great, easy description. I know a lot of people get 
a little bit confused when they hear all the different, you know, verbiage of what it's called. So, you know, thank you for just clarifying that. So from there, kind of going off on top of that, when you design them, so I know you mentioned that you started selling templates for Canva and, you know, when you first started out, you were doing logo design in, in PicMonkey. Is that what you recommend people do or, you know, do they really need to buy a template from somebody or hire somebody to do it? Because I know a lot of people feel like they don't really have the graphic design skills to create something like that, especially if they're doing something a little bigger, like a workbook or an ebook or something like that. And so, you know, what's your recommendation for those people who feel like they're sort of lacking the design skills? Is there sort of an easy way to get started? Yeah. So if, if you don't have design skills and you're not a designer, it's totally fine because there are things, wonderful, amazing things called templates that even designers use. And the cool thing about templates is that you can focus on your zone of genius rather than all of the design work. Uh, so I find that most often people struggle the most with designing something and because of that reason, they won't launch it or they'll spend hours and hours designing something that they're not happy with. They don't feel confident about it. So then they'll never put it out into the world. And if they do, it's like this like weird energy thing. If you're not confident about something that you're putting out, whether that be like a service, a product, an opt-in, people can totally feel that. And design is really important when it comes to creating an opt-in because it's like your first touch point with a new like potential client or customer. So templates really aren't expensive. Um, like you can find a nice set of templates for even like under $20. Like I have like a five page set of opt-in templates for 15 bucks. So literally, even if you're not making a lot of money in your business, if you're not a designer, it's worth it to invest a little bit into something that's been professionally designed because as I said before, the goal is your, of your opt-in is to help you get those dream clients and customers. So if you can invest $15 on your opt-in design, and that helps you even just get one customer for, I don't know, $250, $500, $1,000, because those realistically are some of the prices that we have when we're first starting out. It's already made you your money back, right? So um, I think that the design is the biggest part, but even if you can't afford to purchase something. If you have Canva, Canva also has templates that are included in their template library that you can use to make something work. So even if your budget is zero, there are options. But if you're not a designer, I don't recommend starting from scratch because you're not going to know like where things go. And people really eat with their eyes. So if they're coming to your site and they're signing up for your opt-in and they open it and it kind of looks, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but if it looks horrible, then people are like, well, I do, don't even want to take the time of day to look at this. I don't want to read it. That means they're not going to benefit from it. And in turn, that means that they're not going to get to know you, love you, like you, trust you, and then eventually become a client or a customer. So the design is like the first part of bringing them in. So that would be my recommendations that if you can invest a little bit of money in some templates, if you're not a designer, that's your, I think that's your best bet um, because you don't necessarily have to hire out and spend hundreds of dollars to get your opt-in designed when there are so many good templates in the market that you can do it for way less of an investment. I think that's so true too, because I just think about when I was starting out in business like six years ago and I had zero design skills. <laughs> So I've come a long way since then, but I just remember thinking back to like building my own first website and it was for my wedding planning company and it was 
very purple and pink and the colors were awful and it was just, it was so bad. Like, and I mean, so bad. And I had no design skills whatsoever, but I was such a perfectionist that I would spend hours and hours and hours on these like little tiny things. And so I think that's great advice because I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are either like me and they're, they're a perfectionist or, you know, they're somewhat so. And either way, they just really don't want to put something out in the world that they're not a hundred percent sure about, but it's taking up all of their time to get it the way that they want it. So that's definitely great, great advice. I'm glad you mentioned your templates and also the, the Canva templates. Cause I think both of those are, are such a great way to start. And the fact that you can get started for, you know, so cheap is obviously super, super helpful. Yeah, for sure. So do you feel like it's important because I I've seen this a lot with opt-ins. Do you feel like it's important for them to be on brand or does it matter since it's just, it's like a separate, you know, download or workbook or ebook that they're going to get? Does it matter if it's, you know, using your same colors and your same fonts and your same wording and has pictures of you or, you know, things like that. Does it, does it make a difference if it's on brand or not? This is a fantastic question. And I am like so super happy <laughs> that you asked <laughs> because this is one thing uh, that drives me crazy. And whoever, whoever is out there, I love you. But if you do this, stop doing it. People will sometimes get super excited when they're working on things for their business. So whether it be an opt-in or social media templates or something on their website, and they see all of these like fonts and colors and patterns. And so they'll design their social media graphics one way, their opt-in another way, their site will look totally different. But what you're doing by using all of those fun fonts and like sparkly squirrel things is you're actually confusing people. It, it confuses people when they are on your social media and they pop over to your website and they expect to see something and it's totally different. They're like, wait a second, is this the same person? And then if they go on to download your opt-in and they open it up and they're like, well, wait a second. So this is different from their website. Their website was different from their social. Like, I just feel totally confused and lost. And then most likely you're probably going to lose them as a subscriber if you were able to get their um, email address to begin with. So what I always tell people is that if you stick with the same colors and fonts that you're using for your brand, even if you don't have a professionally designed logo, even if you haven't paid a designer to develop a brand for you, to choose um, your brand color palette, there's lots of resources online, like the brand stylist, Fiona uh, Humberstone. She has lots of great um, resources on color psychology. So even if you're totally DIYing it, it's fine. Like we've all been there. Like Haley, you've been there. I've been there. We all go through transitions, right? So the best thing to do is to choose a specific color palette, choose a group of fonts, like two to three fonts at the very most. Try to use the same types of images throughout your social media, your website, and your opt-in, your workbook, your online courses, anything that you do, it should all look like it goes together. It's kind of like if you were like to piece together a meal, like if you're piecing together something at dinner, like most likely if you're having like Chinese food, it's going to be like rice and chicken and vegetables. But if you're going to a Chinese restaurant and they give you like macaroni and cheese and pizza, like you're gonna feel like something's wrong, right? <laughs> So the important thing is, even if you're not a professional designer, you haven't invested in a brand design, it's fine. Just use the same colors, the same fonts, the same style of images, do everything that you do. 
because then people will start to recognize you. They won't feel confused. They'll feel good when they're interacting with everything that you're putting out. And that's going to be the best way to start making like your brand BFFs, like your brand besties. And people give us advice on Pinterest all the time to use like the same style of pins and images and fonts and colors so that people can recognize you and know that while they're looking on Pinterest, when they see that, they automatically connect that look to you. So they're going to be more likely to click on it because they've grown to trust you. So keeping everything the same, the colors, the fonts, the images will help people get to know you, love you, like you, trust you. And I say this all the time, like a broken record, but it is super, super important. So rant over. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I, I think we could probably get into the branding aspects of it all day and how important that is. Um, so I'll try to keep that part short, but I think you're super right that, you know, I mean, when you're putting out things for a business and when you're creating a brand, it's gotta be cohesive or people really do get confused, like you said. And if you think about like in your own personal experience, when you go to buy something, usually if you're running around the website going, I don't even know what this is anymore because it doesn't look right. And I don't, did this person design this because it doesn't look like their stuff. And if you're getting confused, you're so much less likely to buy anything from that person, whether it's a service or a shop or, you know, anything like that. And I mean, if you look at actual, you know, stores like big box stores, like target, for example, if you walk into target, everything is branded. They have red buggies, they have red, you know, baskets for you to shop with. Like there's target signs everywhere. It's all super branded. You know where you are. There's never any confusion. And it really should be that same way when you're on somebody's website for their business, no matter what page you're on, no matter if you're downloading an opt-in, no matter if you're on their Instagram, you should know where you are at all times and not be confused by it. So I think that was excellent advice because I've seen so many opt-ins and I'm constantly just like, you know, clenching my teeth together. Like, oh my gosh, this is so bad because I've seen so many opt-ins where it's like people just totally forgot that they were creating a brand and, you know, their brand will be these like soft pastel colors and there will be all this blue and green and really pale yellow and things like that. And then you download their opt-in and it's like hot pink or something. (laughs) And you're just like, where did that come from? Like, who did you get this from? because you should send it back. (laughs) And it's just, it's a mess. And I think it just makes your opt-ins look so messy. And more often than not, your opt-ins are the first thing people are really getting from you. You know, most of the time people are signing up for your email list so that they can download this, this freebie or this opt-in that you have. And they're usually doing that before they buy anything from you, before they book your services. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, your website is the first impression that you give to your potential clients and customers. And that's true. But then the opt-ins that are on your website, the opt-ins that you're, you're pushing out into the world, those are the first impression of what you can actually do for somebody. Those are the first impression of like, you know, the, the actual work that you do and the value that you provide. So I feel like if those are not on brand, you've just royally screwed up right from the beginning and you've probably lost a few clients and customers because of it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like you said, like people may get to your website, but they're going to have to be pleased 
and intrigued by what they see on your website to even first just give you an email address. Because I can speak from experience that if I'm like, if I see someone on social media and they're talking about something they're launching, whether it be like a course or a product or a service, I always hop over to their website. And if I'm like looking through their website and I'm like, okay, cool, they have an opt-in. So then I'll download the opt-in just to see what the opt-in is like. And if like there's a disconnect, if something doesn't feel right for me, then I'm already in my mind, like subconsciously building like this sense of distrust. Uh, because I'm like, well, I feel confused. I'm a little bit lost in what this is. So, you know, never mind anyway, because I feel like by being put together and professional and polished as a business owner, that's like the way that you build trust with people, right? So I always tell people that the opt-in is like the gateway to finding your new clients and customers. And that's why I said at the very beginning, like, the opt-in, the purpose is to help you get clients and customers. So if you're creating something in your business that is totally different, like we'll say, for example, even just past the look of it, like if you are a WordPress website designer and your opt-in is something like 10 of my favorite tools I use to run my business, like that's not helping you get clients. And so your potential clients are like, oh, yay, like here's this opt-in. I'm going to see what she's all about. And they're like, but wait a second, I don't have a WordPress website design business, so I don't really need this. And then they're like off to search for somebody else who can actually fulfill that need for them. And then they can like kind of cling to and gain trust for uh, to help them with whatever it is that they need. So such a good point. Yeah, definitely. And I, that's super accurate. I mean, you just, anything you do in business, you just have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be pretty and polished and look like your brand and your business and everything you've been putting out into the world prior to that. Yes. So we talked a little bit about the design, which I'm sure we could, like I said, go into forever. Um, but what other important things do we need to remember when designing these opt-ins? So let's say somebody is going to try their hand at it. They're not buying a template other than just the design, even though that's one of the most important parts you know, what else goes into creating a good opt-in? So, you know, what do they need to keep in mind when they're putting something together and how do they know that it's an opt-in that people are actually going to want to download? Yeah. So the first thing that you should do is identify what I call a big picture goal. So the big picture goal is like the end result. Like what are you ultimately in business for? What do you want to do? What is the type of work that you love? And once you answer that question, you should create an opt-in that is going to put people on like the journey to help you reach that ultimate goal. So a big thing with opt-in sometimes is like the example that I just gave. If you're a WordPress website designer or a brand designer, um, or like a virtual assistant or something like that. Unless your clients are going to be people who you want to help start those type of, types of businesses, like if you want to teach people to be designers or teach people to be virtual assistants, then having an opt-in about like 10 tools I use to run my business, that's going to be relevant. But if you're actually trying to be a virtual assistant for someone or you're trying to design someone's website, that's not going to work for you. So instead, what I always tell people is to focus on a small win. Like what can you give to someone in an opt-in that is going to be that first step, that baby step that is going to give them a win that they can celebrate and feel good about. So that, for example, if you're teaching people how to organize their businesses, maybe you're a virtual assistant or an OBM, like an online business manager, maybe people struggle with feeling organized. So you use a system with your clients called Asana, which we probably all know Asana and Trello. And 
a good opt-in for you to help you get clients would maybe be a basics like Asana 101 course, right? Because you're teaching people, hey, this um, a tool can help you with what you need. I'm going to show you the basic steps, the baby steps of signing up, getting it set up, adding your first task. So once they've completed that opt-in, they're going to feel so good about it that they're going to explore and be like, okay, what's next? What else do I need from her? Like, how can I really get going on this? So by giving someone a really small win and something to celebrate about, you're already starting to solve the problem that they're having in their business, which is the reason why they're coming to you anyway, right? So focus on the big picture goal on exactly what you want to achieve with your opt-in your dreamy clients, the work that you love to do, and then go back to that process, the first step in your client process, or the first thing that somebody would need to do before they buy your product. And that's what your opt-in should be. It should be something that's small, digestible, not overwhelming, and something that someone can accomplish very quickly and then feel really good about it. That's great advice. I, I love that you just mentioned you know, all of that about if you're a virtual assistant, maybe people struggle with being uh, organized and productive and things like that, because I think that's a great example. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are running a virtual assistant company or getting started as a virtual assistant. And I think people tend to forget when they're creating these opt-ins who they're trying to book. (laughs) Um, Because I feel like so often I'll see people that they've got a new lead magnet, a new freebie, you know, whatever they're promoting. And they're like, Oh, I run this type of business. Like say, for example, I'm a wedding planner. And then they're like, like you mentioned earlier, it's a document that shows their 10 favorite tools to use in their business. And I'm like, wait a second, you're a wedding planner. Aren't you trying to book like couples that are getting married right. <laughs> and probably not running their own business. So how is this helpful? And so I feel like so often there is that disconnect that you were talking about because people just don't stop to take two seconds to say, okay, what will actually benefit my client? I feel like a lot of times it's more about what they've seen other people creating, which I could get into that all day about how oh, we need gosh. to stop looking at what everybody else <laughs> yeah. is doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. But I feel like so often it's more about that. It's like, oh, well, she created um, an Instagram guide. So I need to create an Instagram guide and I need to make it bigger and better and have more pages and all of these things. And in reality, it's like, but is that what your clients are looking for? Is that actually going to give them value? And, you know, are, is that going to be something that they really truly need? And most of the time, the answer is no. (laughs) So I I think people struggle so much with that. So I I love the example. And I think that was super helpful advice. So this is kind of my last question, but you can kind of run with it however you'd like. But do you feel like there's a certain sort of standard that opt-ins need to meet? Like, is there a point where it gets too long? Or is there a point where it could be too short? I know it kind of depends on what you're offering. Because if you have a workbook versus like, you know, a hashtag guide or, you know, some kind of design templates or things like that, I know it varies a lot. But is there a point where, have you ever seen an opt-in where you're just like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to go on? Or, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, wait a second, that was it. Like, do you have sort of a, just sort of a standard, like at least make it, sort of this many pages or this many templates or kind of in this area sort of thing that you go by? 
Yeah. So I think um, this is this is something that people struggle with a lot because I know that I've definitely signed up for opt-ins. And what I always do, it's kind of, it's just a habit of mine. Like even when I get a book, I always like flip open the book and look to the end of the book and see how many pages are in it. Um, and then usually sometimes I'll like read the description on the back and then I'll like open it up and see how many pages. And then I kind of decide if it's something that's going to be like worth my time to read. Um, and I do that with opt-ins too. Like I'll, if I sign up for an opt-in, then I'll like, if it's a workbook, I'll scroll through the workbook and see how many pages it's going to be and how like time intensive it's going to be for me. Cause I know I, all my business owners, I know for me, I have like, I feel like I always have no time. Like I run two businesses. I have no time at all. <laughs> and I'm always like, wait a second, I'm not going to do this because it looks scary. It takes too much time. So it's not always about like the quantity of how much you're giving away for an opt-in. It's really more about the quality. Like a better opt-in, if, if you are teaching someone how to overcome a problem that they're having and you can do that for them in 15 or 20 minutes, it's going to mean so much more for them and their business and their life with the 15 to 20 minutes of time that it took them to accomplish it rather than giving them a 10-day email course where they have all of these different tasks that they have to complete every single day. Because what you'll find is the longer that you have to keep someone engaged, the harder it is to actually turn them into like a client or customer. So a big mistake that people make a lot is that they feel like they have to overgive when they're creating an opt-in, which actually is, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well. Um, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's counterintuitive, I know, but if you if you can take five minutes and give someone the answer to a problem they've been having, something they've been searching on Google for hours, something that's been stressing them out, in only five minutes, just like a snap of a finger, they are going to trust you, love you, like you, because something they've been agonizing over for so many hours and days and weeks and months, you just solved it for them in five minutes, as opposed to trying to give them like a five module course with workbooks and all that for free. That's a paid product, right? So the goal is with an opt-in is to think about quality. Like what can you do? What is a baby step? What is one small thing that you can have people do that's going to give them value and improve their life or business in some way? That's what a great opt-in is. It doesn't have to be something crazy. And I always say that depending on what you're trying to sell to people, it also depends on like the type of opt-in that you should put out. Like if you're just trying to sell a $20 product, then having someone download like a tech, quick 10 minute tech tutorial that then leads them to purchase your $20 product, that's perfect. But if you're trying to get someone to invest in a $2,000 course, you're definitely gonna have to up your opt-in strategy game, right? Like that's why people who are launching big expensive courses do things like webinars. They have, you know, five day challenges or they'll have like a series of lives. So it all depends on what you're trying to launch the clients that you're trying to book, your price point, and ultimately what it comes down to is the problem that you can solve for the people that are opting in. So hopefully that all that makes sense um, because it's hard because sometimes people are like, well, I want to overgive to people. I want them to like me. I want them to trust me. I want them to buy from me. But sometimes um, if you can tone it back and simplify it, that's actually more a more effective, like long-term sustainable strategy than trying to push someone through like a 30-day email course or like a five-day challenge because we don't need those all the time. Like I can't tell you how many five-day challenges I've signed up for and I'll 
participate on the first day. And then I'm just like, well, I don't have time for this. It's taking too long. I've got other things I have to do in my business. Like maybe I'll come back to it. So I'll like save all the emails and then I never go back to it. So the last thing that you want is to have an opt-in that people are like putting away in their desktop in a folder or archiving in their email. And it just is literally collecting digital dust. So what can you give someone right now that is going to be a quick fix to their problem um, that's going to instantly turn them into like your brand BFF? So that, I know that's not like a standard answer. Like I'm not telling people like, oh, your opt-in should be in 20 minutes with the workbook. But it really all just depends on what you're trying to sell um, who your dreamy clients are and how ultimately the ultimate goal is just serving them and solving problems for them. So focus on baby steps, focus on simple and go from there. I think that was a perfect answer because you gave like a nice little checklist that people can go through, you know, like people can listen back to this now and, and sort of make themselves a little to-do list. Like, okay, I need to think about what my clients need from me. I need to think about how I can solve a problem for them quickly. I need to think about what format that would best be done in. Like you gave a nice um, checklist of things to run through. And so I feel like that was a great answer because I know for me personally, you know, I've signed up for email challenges and the, the little mini courses and things like that a thousand and one times. And I can't think of a time that I've ever finished one. <laughs> Right. Because, you know, most of the time it's like, okay, I'm going to send you an email every day for seven days. And by like day two or three, I've, I've moved on to something else. I'm, I'm bored now. Like I signed up sort of in the moment and now I'm over it. And so right. it, it may be something that would really help me, but I'm not really going to dedicate seven days to you to figure it out. Even, even if it's short little emails and it's just quick little things you can do most of the time. I'm out by day two or three. And I feel like most people can relate to that. Whereas if you give me some kind of really quick little, you know, workbook or like quick ebook I can read or templates or anything like that, that really is going to be a quick win for me. I'm automatically like, Oh, I'm going to go follow them on Instagram so that when they come out with something later, I'll be the first to know about it. And that leads me to find something else and something else. And all of a sudden we're in this downward spiral of me looking at every single thing you've ever put out there. And that's how you get customers. And that's how you get people to actually want to book your services. And so I think going for the quick win is so much more important when it comes to opt-ins and, and lead magnets and freebies, you know, like you said, because if you can solve that problem for them in just a couple of minutes and it's something they've been really stressing out about or working really hard on, then you know, you're automatically in their good graces. It's a really positive experience with you already. And so it tempts them to go look at what else you have going on. So I think that was a great answer. It was a great, you know, quick little checklist for people to think about. And because I know there's not like a one size fits all answer for that question. So I, I thought that was super helpful for everybody, no matter what kind of opt-in you're creating. Yeah. And one thing I'll add to that is that um, if you're really thinking about the pain points of who your ideal client and customer is, it's going to help you emotionally connect to them. Because let's say, for example, if you serve like like busy moms, like maybe mompreneurs who are mo a mom first and like a side hustle second, and they're really looking for a solution to a problem that they're having, 
they don't have the time or the energy to go to Google for hours, to wait seven days for an email course to finish out to accomplish something. Like they need quick relief. Like they're tired, they're stressed, they have a million and one things going on. So if you can give them that quick relief, that is going to like relieve some pressure for them. So that's really like the goal. Like think about the number one thing that's painting like your ideal clients and customers and fix it. Use your opt-in to fix even just one small part of it and they will be so so grateful um and i can't tell you like it's like you said like even if it's just a quick read through an ebook like no matter what niche you're in if you're a coach if you're like health and fitness if you're business to business if you are into like the kid or children niche like any type of niche that you're in like wedding planning services Think of what you can do right now to solve one tiny problem for your potential client or customer. And I guarantee that that person will eventually become your client or customer in the future. And if not, they'll be one of your biggest cheerleaders who will bring other clients and customers to you. Yeah, that's super great advice. I think this whole episode was so great. I think you gave amazing (laughs) insight to something that a lot of people are struggling with in some way. So I definitely appreciate all of your wisdom and and your time. But since it's the end of the episode, I do have a quick little lightning round that I always do with my guests. So I would love to dive into that and hear your answers. Okay. Awesome. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning um, is wake my five-year-old up um, because most of the time we are running late and she has to get to school. (laughs) (laughs) I can completely relate to always running late. So I feel your pain. (laughs) What is the last book that you read? Uh, The last book that I read was the yes brain child. Um, It's like a behavior book. As you can see, I I do a lot of mom stuff. So it's called the yes brain child. Um, basically to help you understand the psychology of like tantrums in your children and to make them a more like positive, optimistic, happy children. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm sure we have a lot of moms listening who are definitely going to go check that out now and will definitely appreciate that recommendation. What is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So this can be a product, a service that you use in your business, whatever you want. But what's one thing you feel like everybody just has to have? An opt-in. No. <laughs> um, an opt-in. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, no, above all, I just think um, an opt-in, yes, of course. But uh, I think just really what I can recommend to people is not really, it's like the best tool you can have is just confidence to really get started. Um, so I know that's like a really basic, big thing, but um, just getting started on something and doing something that you love, just be confident in it. Um, and I think that that's like your best asset, like the best tool that you can use with anything that you do in life. I love that. That's a great recommendation. All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? So I think the best piece of advice I've ever been given was from Christina Scalera. Um, She has the contract shop and I've been in several of her coaching programs. And I always worry about people not getting enough value from me, like I'm not doing enough for them. I worry about every single project. I launch everything that I do. And the best thing that she's ever told me that I go back to again and again is 
it's good that you're worried. It's good that you're nervous because that means that you care. So I think that I always go back to that as a default, that anytime I'm feeling nervous or hesitant about doing something that I just remind myself that it's because I care, I own it, I release it, and then I launch it and just keep going. So I love that. And I love Christina. She was on episode five of the podcast. (laughs) So yeah, going way back. Um, And so I absolutely love her and you're right. That's absolutely great advice and something we should definitely all remember because I feel like we all love our clients and our customers and we want to, you know, be the best we can be for them and provide them so much value. And so, you know, sometimes we just have to step back and, and remember that things happen because we care. And so that's such great advice and I absolutely love it. So tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social media, you know, mention those opt-in templates they can purchase again, give them all the things. Yes. So um, if you are struggling with what type of opt-in to create, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, OMG, Vanessa and Haley, this is all great advice, but I still have no idea what to do, what type of opt-in to create. I have a totally free your perfect opt-in quiz on my website that you can find at vanessaryan.co forward slash quiz. It's a game changer. Um, it's going to go through all of your goals, like whether you want clients, customers, the price of the product you're selling, the type, the way that you like to create content and the way that your clients and customers like to get your content. And it's going to tell you your perfect opt-in, whether that's an email course, an evergreen webinar, a workbook guide, anything like that. It's going to tell you your perfect opt-in and also give you some great tips as well as a one-page checklist on everything that you need and the tools you need to create that opt-in. So that's at vanessaryan.co forward slash quiz. And I am on Instagram at vanessaryan.co. So if you have questions about opt-ins, you want to say hi, get in touch, you can find me there. I'm always popping into people's DMs with voice notes that are probably way too long. Um, and if you want some free Canva templates or want to check out my Canva template shop to help you create your next opt-in online course, digital product, then you can find my shop at my website, vanessaryan.co forward slash shop. And there's a pop-up that'll come up asking you if you want some free templates. So that's where you can find me at. Awesome. And we will definitely link the shop and your quiz as well in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and you want to get in on all of those things she just mentioned, then definitely go check out the show notes and head over to Vanessa's website. So Vanessa, thank you so much again for your time, for your wisdom, for all of this great insight, because like I said, I feel like opt-ins is something people really seem to struggle with, especially if they're in the beginning stages of their business or just getting started with trying to figure out what an opt-in looks like for their business. And I think you gave some really great advice, both on the design and how to figure out what your opt-in should be and what goes into it and all of those things. And so I just really appreciate you sharing some of that wisdom with us and giving us some of your time today. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. Um, It was so much fun. And thank you, Haley, for everything that you do, you know, bringing entrepreneurs together and your podcast is awesome. So I just wanted to thank you too, because you were amazing and I have lots and lots of fun being here today. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. 
Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.